Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast with Pastor Tom Berninger. Uh, while the ushers are gone, I just want to <clears throat> touch on one little thing that I need to put a stop to that's been taking place in our church. For the last couple of man-eats, some, some women have been trying to sneak their way in, claiming that they're identifying as men <laughs> for that night. And that doesn't cut it here in this church. So ladies, just put a stop to that right now. Okay? You're not coming. No matter what, it's not meant for you. It's meant for the men to get together. If you want to have your own little ladies eat or something like that, be my guest. But none of that stuff, identifying as men for one night, okay? Not even for one week, one month, one year. You are who God made you to be, amen? amen. <laughs> Praise God. The title of our message today is Be a Prophet. And I know right now there's some people that are saying, they're trying to be real nice and say, oh, pastor misspelled the word. And um, no, I didn't. Didn't misspell it at all. In 3 John chapter 2, I've used this verse many times, <clears throat> excuse me, especially in the last five months. John says, Beloved, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper. That word prosper means to succeed. It means that you would be profitable and be in health even as thy soul prospers or profits, okay? So John prayed, Above all things, I pray that you profit. I pray that you are successful. Say with me that God wants me to profit. Say, God wants me to be profitable. He does. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to be profitable. So God wants you to be a prophet, one who is profitable. And you'll see what I mean. The question is asked in the book of Job, chapter 22. Can a man be profitable unto God? as he that is wise may be profitable unto himself? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that you are righteous? Or is it gain or profitable to him that you make your ways perfect? Should a man expect, should we as Christians expect that we should be profitable towards God? Or maybe we should reverse that and say, does God expect that we are profitable unto him. Does God expect that? Are we profitable? Well, I went over this portion of Scripture a couple weeks ago, but it fits perfectly right now once again. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is talking about the parable of the talents. Just to sum it up, I'll give you the first part before I read. <coughs> and the Bible says that um, a wealthy man traveled afar and he gave some of his money, which are called talents in this case, he gave some of his money to some of his servants. To one he gave five, to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. And the one who had five, he went and invested that money and he made five more. To the one he gave two, he invested that money and he made two more. But to the one he gave one, he just buried it and hid it in the ground. And then there came a day of reckoning. How many of us know there's going to be a day of reckoning? Yeah. Mm. See, this is a day of reckoning that we don't like to talk about over here. And the wealthy man came back, and he wanted to know, what did you do, <clears throat> excuse me, with what I gave you? How many of us know the day is going to come where God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? 
How profitable were you for me? What did you do for my kingdom? How many of us know that God has given us things? That God has deposited into us many great and mighty gifts. He put talents on the inside of us. He paid a price of the cross. He paid a price so that we could be profitable for the kingdom. He put his spirit in us. He put his word in us. He put giftings on the inside of us. And he has an expectation that he should get a return upon what he's deposited on the inside of us. If you've ever met an investor who invests money and does not expect a return, you've met a broke investor. Anybody who invests money, they expect a return, right? It's called business. Well, Jesus uses this example right here of business, of a man. Well, let's find out how it went with when the... um, The businessman came back, the wealthy man came back, and he spoke to the one who took the one talent, and he buried it. Matthew 25, 24. Then he which had received the one talent came before him and said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. Stop right there. What does that mean? I always had a problem with that until the Lord gave me understanding on that. Lord... I was afraid because I know you're a hard man. What he means is, I know that you're a man who has expectations. I know you expect to reap where you invested in. I know that. But he says, then why did you go bury it? And if you knew who I was, if you knew I expected you to reap, why did you do nothing? I was afraid. I was afraid to use what what you gave me. I I was afraid maybe I'd fail. I was afraid to lose what you had given me. Church, when God gives you a gift, when God gives you a talent, you should never be afraid to lose it. You should just be afraid not to use it. Because when God gives you something, no man can take it away. So he said, I was afraid. Verse 25, and I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, here that thou hast is thine, I'm giving it back to you. And his Lord answered said unto him, you wicked and lazy servants. You knew that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. You ought to at the very least have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received thus mine with, with interest. Take there, there, therefore the talent from him and give it to the one which has ten. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. For him that hath not it shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And check this out. And cash you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be gnashing and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm. You think it's important for us to be profitable? Look what happened to the unprofitable servant. The first, the, the profitable ones, come on in! Welcome unto the joy of the Lord. The profitable ones got promoted. The profitable ones, he said, come on in! You made it up into heaven. You made it to glory. Come on in. But to him, uh, the unprofitable one, he got, he, he got sent to hell. Let's be honest. Pastor, this doesn't make me feel very good right now. Blame Jesus. Don't blame me. I'm just preaching what he said. But don't worry. It'll get more encouraging five years from now. Okay. Now, it'll get more encouraging as, as, as we go on. I just want to point out this point over here. This is a very important point that we don't seem to get. God has deposited great and mighty things on the inside of you, and he expects a return. He does. 
Nobody hires anybody, spends weeks or months or years training them, and then doesn't expect them to do any work for them. You know, why did I just waste my time with you over there? I spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on you, training you, and, and you don't show up for work or you show up late. That's not how business works. And the kingdom of God is, is a business in one sense. Jesus said, I must be about my, my father's business. So I, I got to be about it. So I'm here to, to, to start with, the, this, is, this is an answer to the question that was asked in Job. Can anybody be profitable towards God? And does God care, he asked, if we have spent our lives um, making ourselves profitable before God? And the answer is yes, he does care very, very much. In fact, it's what Christianity is all about. Mm. Check this out, verse out in 48.17. Isaiah 48.17 says this, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer and the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God who teaches you to, what? Profit. And who leads thee by the way that you should go. So not only did God deposit on the inside of us, not only did he invest things on the inside of us, again, he invested um, the life of his son on the inside of us. He invested the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us, his words on the inside of us. He gave us joy and peace. He gave us great and mighty gifts. Not only did he invest those things on the inside of us, he said, but I now teach you how to use those things that are put on the inside of you. I teach you how to profit or how to be profitable for me. Now, let me share a very important point over here. When you're profitable for God, you then become profitable unto yourself. When you're profitable for God, that's when the raises and the bonuses start coming in for you. I don't believe there's ever been a salesman who has lost money and got a bonus or got a raise. Right, Tom? You're a salesman. You have a target set, right? Every, every year you have a target. And Dom is a salesman. He's got to make, say, a million dollars in sales. If he comes in with $500,000 in sales, I don't think the boss says, hey, you're getting a bonus, you're getting a raise. I don't think he says that. I think he says, hey, you're getting another job because you're fired. That's what a boss would say. But God teaches us, God instructs us how to be successful in life. It's called his word. And for the next, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, yeah, right, 20 minutes. <laughs> for the next whatever, I'm going to teach you from the word how to be profitable for God and then for yourself. Because God wants you to be profitable. God wants you to bless. I pray above all things that you prosper, that you profit, that you are blessed and be in good health. But it starts with, God, am I profitable to you? Because when I'm profitable to you, that's when you bless me. You know why some people are blessed and other people aren't blessed by God? Because the people that are blessed, they are profitable to God. They're doing things for God. They're blessing the kingdom of God. And now they're getting bonuses. They're getting pay raises. They're getting promotions. Come on in. Come on in, you're moving on up to the east side, to the deluxe apartment. Okay, forget it. Some of you, you're too young to know that hit song. Come on, come on, brother. You know what I'm talking about, brother. 
Mm. But you know what? Make sure that we don't despise. In fact, I think, yeah, don't despise your prophet. Make sure we don't despise our prophet. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I don't despise my prophet. Don't be so sure. What it means to despise your prophet in this sense means to don't see the value in it. I don't see the importance in it. It's like your parents built a company and they want to hand over to you and you don't run it properly. You despise that company. No, I don't despise that. Oh, yes, you do. You don't see the value in it because you're not putting your all into it. You're despising it. You don't, you don't see the value in something. So how many people despise their profitability in the kingdom of God? I think many Christians despise it and don't even know that they're, they're despising it. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, glad you asked that question. In Genesis chapter 25, it says this, and Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. I'm about to die. And what profit shall this birthright do unto me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him and sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and uh, 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 some lentils. And he did eat and drink and he rose up and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his prophet or his birthright, his prophet. Now, let me tell you what the story is about here so you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Back in the day, when you were the firstborn, you got the double blessing. In other words, you got twice as much in the inheritance as anybody else got, any other children in the family. You got twice as much, the double blessing. The birthright went through you. It was a great honor. It was a great profit that was bestowed upon the firstborn. Esau was the firstborn. Well, the Bible says that Esau went out and he was hunting all night and he didn't catch anything. And he came home and he was hungry. And he smelt his brother making some food. And he said, hey, can I have some of that stew you're making over there? And his brother said, come on in, sure, you can have some stew, but you're going to have to buy it. I left my wallet. No, 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 no. I want your birthright for a bowl of stew and lentils. I want your birthright. The man hadn't eaten for one day. That's it. One day. And his belly was hungry. Ooh, one day. And what was his response? Well, I'm going to die of hunger. One day. One day. What good is this birthright going to do me if I drop dead from hunger? One day. Did I mention one day he didn't eat? One day. You got that? I'm going to die, so sure, take my birthright. Just give me that one bowl of stew. And they shook hands on the deal. He sold his birthright because he had a little bit of discomfort. And he threw it away. And the Bible says... 
he despised, meaning he didn't see the value in it. He looked narrowly upon it. He didn't understand what it was worth. How could you sell a birthright? How could you sell a double blessing and think it's of good value with one bowl of stew? He took this great value and he equated it less than a bowl of stew. He despised his birthright. He despised the great profit that went along with it. Church, do you understand the blessing that awaits you when you stand before the kingdom of God? I mean, do you have a clue what is there awaiting you? Do you understand that we're all going to receive a reward when we stand before God? The Bible says that God is going to judge us upon the works that we did for his kingdom. He's going to judge us upon that. And some shall receive gold, silver, and precious stones, but some shall receive, Corinthians says, wood, hay, and stubble. In other words, not much. Do we understand the profit that awaits us because we gave our lives to serving God and serve the kingdom of God? Church, I don't think many people understand. I think there are many Christians who have sold their profit for bowls of stew or for a bigger car, or for a nicer house, or for my kids to be on this sport team, 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 and they, we've sold it. And we've despised our birthright. Oh, I'm going to preach it. I'm just warming up right now. In 1 Samuel 12, it says this, and turn not aside and meaning from the path that leads to prosperity, from the path that leads to profitability. For then you shall go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver for you. For they are vain, they are empty, they are meaningless in the, in the long run. They may look good right now. At the time it looked, oh well, I can't go to church because I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And I said a couple weeks ago, we are so busy doing good things that we've stopped doing the God things. But pastor, I'm not saying you're going out and with prostitutes. I'm not saying you're going murdering people. I'm not saying that. You're all doing good things on Sunday mornings. But it's more important that you do God things on Sunday mornings. Oh, but pastor, my kids will be a little... I don't care that your kids are going to be a little upset or your neighbor's going to say, I don't care. I want you doing God things because I want you to stand before God and for God to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. He's not going to say, well done, thou good and faithful parent because you sat at your kids' soccer games on, on Sunday morning. I don't think God's going to say that. But he's going to say, oh, what you've done for my kingdom, come on in, well done. Receive your eternal reward. Are you profitable for the kingdom of God? Because he said, look out, because if you go up the path, you're going to start going after things that are vain. Vain things are things that look good on the outside, but they have nothing to do with eternity. They don't give you the reward that you should have. Mm. In fact, Jesus starts and he puts us in a big context. There is a prophet that is greater than the whole world. In Mark chapter 8, 35, Jesus says this, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels shall save it. For what does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world 
but lose his soul. What good is it? You know, the latest hero, the latest savior of the conservative right wing is Elon Musk. Four years ago or so, or six years ago, it was Donald Trump who was put up on the cross. He was the savior. Now on the other side of the cross, Elon Musk is there. He's our hero. He's the wealthiest man in the world, and, and, and he brought Twitter. He's going to change the whole world. No, he's not. He went after the things of this world. You know what his big goal is, his vision is? He's trying to get to Mars. Somebody needs to tell him, Elon, you're aiming too low. You should be concerned about getting to heaven, not getting to Mars. Because Elon, you might be a trillionaire, and what will it profit you? You may have, you may claim all of Mars for yourself. When you die, what's it going to do for you? Nothing. They may get to, to, to Mars and find oil and gold and, forget, forget about the oil, I'm sorry, windmills and solar panels. Enough energy to, to change the whole world. And then you know what? He's going to be, yes, I, He's going to have a heart attack and die. He's going to open up his eyes, and God's going to say, what did you do for my kingdom? I put gifts on the inside of you. What did you do for my kingdom? How profitable were you for me? And you, you put Jeff Bezos in there. You put Warren Beatty, Warren Buffett. You put any Warren you want in there. You put any billionaire in there. It doesn't matter because they're pursuing the world. And Jesus said, what profit is it? If you've gained the whole world, yeah. you end up losing your soul. What profit is it that you live in a 50,000 square foot house for 40 years, but you live in hell for eternity? Are you willing to make that risk? Take that chance? I would not trade places with any of the billionaires on this earth. Not for a second. Why? Because what I have is worth far more than what all of they have combined. I know what my birthright, you see, I got the birthright now. Amen. You've got the birthright now. You are children of God, and there's a great prophet that is uh, attached to that. Don't you dare sell it. Don't you dare give it away. I don't care what they try to offer you. I don't care if they offer you a bowl of stew. I don't care if they offer you a 50,000 square foot house. I don't care if they offer you a trillion dollars. That's peanuts compared what waits us in heaven. There is a profit that is greater than the whole world, and that's the profitability of your soul. Now, what are things that God says in his word that profits us? There's a profit in God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. We'll just stop right there. Repeat after me. The Word of God, Word of God is, profitable is profitable for me. For it is. And the church doesn't understand this. The church doesn't get it. 
we don't understand that the Word of God is Jesus, it's the same thing. We don't understand that when you get the Word of God on the inside of you, it profits you, it does something to you, it changes you, it transforms you, it makes you more like God. It gives you joy, it gives you peace, it gives you happiness, and it makes you able to do profitable things for the kingdom of God. Church, we got to get the Word alive on the inside of us. It's profitable, what it does for you. Can I be honest right now? <coughs> no, Pastor, please lie. Okay. Yeah, I'll make you feel better. There are some people in this room right now, you've been here for years. And you're just as miserable as you were when you walked in years ago. You still got the same problems, don't you? Still got the same things you complain about, don't you? Nothing's changed other than you say, other than you call everybody brother and sister. Nothing's changed. Why is that? It's because the thing that changes you is the Word of God. That changes you, that transforms you. And you haven't understood the importance of the Word of God. You, have, you just don't get it. When the Word of God goes on the inside of you and you receive it, as we're going to see in our next verse, and you receive it, amazing things happen. You tell me, what value is joy unspeakable and full of glory? What value is that? How much is that worth? When everything starts falling apart and there are storms all around and everybody else is freaking out and you're filled with joy and peace, what value is that? As I said, what value is a great marriage? What value is having godly children? What's that worth to you? It's everything. Praise God. When you start having children getting a little bit older, you start having grandchildren, you realize that money means nothing. All you start caring about is, are my children serving God? How many of us have discovered that as parents? All you care about is, is my children serving God? And then it's like, are my grandchildren serving God? That's all you care about. Because you understand something on the inside of you, an alarm starts going off, the profit alarm starts going off. That's more important than anything else I could do for my kids. Anything. It's super important. Church, the Word of God helps teach you how to train your child. The Word of God teaches you how to be a good parent, have a good marriage. Amen. In fact, good is an understatement. Have a great marriage. Right. The Word of God. Why do people have terrible marriages they go to church? Because they don't conform their lives to the Word of God. That's why. Amen. Oh, you want me to tell the truth? No, we never said that, Pastor. We never said that. Well, you're going to hear it anyhow. The reason why Christian marriages stink is because we refuse to be who God commands us to be in His Word. That's why. If you would be woman who God told you to be, and if you would be man, the man that God told you to be, you would have a great, awesome marriage. Why? Because God promises it. God created marriage. And I'm here to declare to you, marriage works. Marriage is awesome when two people conform their marriage to what the Word of God says. I'm not just preaching that. I'm living that. Mostly because of my wife, but I added a little bit to it as time goes on. I contribute pancakes on Saturday mornings. Other than that, she does pretty much everything else, my wife. But it works. That system works. It'll work for you. But the key is applying the Word of God. There is profitability 
to the word, it changes you. You become the light of the world when the word of God starts lighting up on the inside of you. Now all of a sudden you're profitable for the kingdom of God because your light is shining. And the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. If the word of God isn't alive on the inside of you, your light's not shining on the inside of you. Check out this next, this next verse. Hebrews 4, verse 2 says this, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. In other words, right now, at this moment, the word is being preached to two different groups of people that are in here right now. One group is going to receive the word of God and apply it to the lives by faith, and it's going to profit them. It's going to change them. It's going to transform them. It's going to make their light shine. Another group is going to say, oh, that was nice, Pastor. You were a little funny there for a few minutes. Let me get a bag on. I'm hungry after the service. And the word of God will go in one ear and out the other, basically. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. The word will profit one group of people. The word will do nothing for another group of people. That's what the the word says. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. The word of God, when the word of God is preached, you need to grab it and receive it, even if you don't like it. It's easy to receive a word that you like. Pastor, everybody, God, you said God wants us all to prosper. Amen, I like that one. Woo, I received that by faith. Well, who wouldn't receive that by faith? That's easy. That doesn't take anything. Now you got to lose your life, though. I got to pray about that one, Pastor. All of a sudden, you're not, you're not so excited about the Word of God, are you? Wives, oh, I shouldn't even go here. I want my husband to be the man of God of the home. I want him. Oh, my husband got saved. Oh, my, uh, I, I, I don't listen to a word my husband has to say. Well, the word of God tells you to obey your husband. I ain't doing that. Well, you would have before he got saved now, but the reason why you didn't do it was because he wasn't saved. Now we saved, you still don't want to do it. Why is that? I got no answer for that, Pastor. Oh, I do, because you don't have faith in the Word of God. Because if you had faith in the Word of God, you would do it. Amen. Instead of fighting them all the time. Amen. <laughs> when those husbands ye- yell amen real loud, look out for when they get home. <laughs> husbands, the Word of God says, love your wife the way Christ loved the church and was willing to give his life and die for it. Amen. Amen. All the wives now are yelling out, amen. (laughs) When you do those two things, great things happen in your marriage. Church, there's profitability in the word of God. Devour the word. Study the word. I I am who I am, whatever that is, I'm honestly nothing great. I am who I am and what I am. Because when I was a young Christian 43 years ago, myself and my friends would get together and just do Bible studies and devour the Word of God. Amen. We would. And this is after going to church three or four times a week. We would just have our own Bible studies. We, we, we got into the Word and the Word got into us. That's why I am who I am. That's why I'm standing here right now. 
You think it's because I'm, I'm good looking. No. It's because the Word of God is on the inside of me, because the Word of God has great profitability. Amen? James 2.14 says this, For what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him without works? Because we know that faith without works is dead, the Bible says. So what, what does it profit, my brother, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Church, there is great profit and great profitability when we do works for the kingdom of God. I mean, we're having a job fair right outside. Job fair. Ministry fair. <laughs> job fair. Both. If you just come to church and do nothing, you're unprofitable for the kingdom of God. Do something. We all need to do something in the church and do a lot more outside of the church. Amen. I mean, it's great you do something in church and we should all put our hands to the plow. This is our church. We're all in this together. Let's make it great. Our final point is we are here to have a passion for building a church community that will welcome people and strengthen people and be there for people. That's the final point over here. We're here to strengthen families. We're here to do all these things. We're here to transform lives. We're here to change souls, to have a passion for those things. And how do we do that? We do that by working the works of God. We do that by loving each other, helping each other, witnessing to people out there who are lost. We do that. We're doing the works of God. And there's profit in that. Do we understand that? Amen. Don't you understand that when you get to heaven, God's going to open up the books of heaven? And he's going to list all the things that you did for his kingdom while you're here on earth. And your reward is going to be based upon that. Don't you understand that? There is a great profit that comes when you build the kingdom of God. When you work the works of God. It's good for you. Not only is it good for the kingdom, it's good for you. It's beneficial to you. I can't get one amen out of that. I don't understand. I guess we're not getting it. Maybe I'm not preaching it the right way. There's great benefit to you Amen. when you work the works of God. Great benefits to you. Besides other souls getting saved, besides other souls being ministered to, there's a reward in heaven that's waiting for you. See, Pastor, I just, I just can't grab that. I just can't see that. Of course, because you're looking through the eyes of your flesh. Look through the eyes of your spirit. And when you see the reward that's waiting for you, you'll be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Give me somebody to love. Give me somebody to pray for. Give me a broom to sweep a floor. Give me whatever I can. Because I'm building up a bank account in heaven. Oh, let me tell you. It's going to be the first national bank of Pastor Tom when I get to heaven. Because I can't wait. Because my labors on this earth are not in vain. That's what the Bible says. Just so you know it. Your labors are not in vain. Again, this is not about getting financially rich. This is not what this is about. But there are blessings that are going to come when we get to heaven. I promise you that. I do. I'm not just doing this for the bagels. I can tell you that right now. This is my favorite verse over here. When you look at my profile... 1 Timothy 4, 8, for bodily exercise profits little. 
Burn that. Can I get an amen along with me over here? Amen. Amen. That's the only, this is the only reason why I look like I do. Because bodily exercise profits a little. I didn't say it, the Word of God says it. So, brother, you're working out all the time over there? Pfft, wasting your time. Eat more meatballs, what moots it out? Go ahead. But, oh, I forgot, there's a button there. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having a promise, check this out, for the life that is now and for that which is to come. What a verse right there. When you live a godly life, there's benefits in that, that verse says. There's profit in that. There is. Let me tell you, I love when people sit down with me and I know that they're living a godly life because I know them. I just know that they are. And they say, Pastor, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this testimony. I go, don't be embarrassed. Tell me. Because your testimony is my testimony. I'm grabbing hold of it. I'm latching onto it. And they tell me how God blessed them. How God prospered them. How God did things for them that were almost supernatural. And they're so excited. And it's because they're living godly lives. When you live a godly life, you should not be surprised when God starts blessing you and prospering you. Because we just read the verse, there is profit in godliness on this life that we live right now and in the one to come. There's profit for it. Blessing for it. And God wants that to come your way. How many of so God is rich? He is. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and all the silver and gold found within, the Bible says. And he's not stingy. In fact, he says, man, don't you know I've come to give you the kingdom? God wants to profit us, but first we've got to be profitable to him. And then he wants to profit us. So church, it's not a waste of time living a godly life. There's great benefits behind it. Great benefits behind it. Because, listen to me, then I'm going to close with this. Lauren, how are we doing on time? Good? Okay. The, the day is going to come. The day is going to come when your natural job and your natural bank account isn't going to get you through the situation. Could be a health situation. Could be a family situation. And $100,000 in the bank is going to do nothing about those things. And you know what you're going to need to depend upon? The profits and the benefits that come from godliness to see you through that situation. The day is going to come when you're going to need a door opened. And the only one that can open that door is God. That day is going to come. You know, I share this, but I'll, I'll share it again. My daughter and, and son-in-law were looking for a house, and we looked at a whole bunch of houses. And they were, that's back when they were really crazy. They're just crazy right now. A year ago, they were really crazy, the price of houses. 
So they found the house <clears throat> that they liked, they felt it met their needs. They went and they put a, a bid in on the house. It was all redone, the house. And they got turned down. Then they went and they, they upped the bid to full price and they got turned down. And we found out later because, well, they, somebody else had got in just before them and put a bid in on that house. But they wanted that house. And then a couple weeks later, I guess, I got a phone call from the realtor. Um, we don't know why, but they want to sell you that house. So we went to the house and walked through it. And we were talking, I was talking with the, the realtor for the seller. I said, what happened? I said, well, we didn't really like myself or the, or the owner of the house. Didn't really like the other buyer. Everything was good to go, but there was something about that we didn't like. But we liked your daughter and her husband. Thank God for the favor of God. You see, it wouldn't have mattered if they had millions of dollars in the bank. But what mattered was they had the favor of God that was upon them. And that opened that door. Why? Because my daughter and my son-in-law live a godly life. That's why. So I don't know about you. I mean, I'll take money in a bank account. That's great. But you know what's even greater? Favor of God. Because God could open doors no man could open. God can carry you through situations that no checking account, no banking account could ever carry you through. I want the favor of God. I want the profit that comes from serving God. So church, I'm here to encourage you. Be a prophet. Be profitable in your life because it will benefit you in the life that you live now and it will benefit you in the eternity. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Jackie, don't run out that door with that baby in your hands. It's not yours. Okay. Join hands with one another, will you? Again, if you need prayer, come right up over here. Brother Peter, Brother Bobby Wong will be up here to pray with you. <clears throat> I may be asking, well, why did you call him Brother Bobby Wong to pray for people? Well... Brother Bobby Wong made the mistake the other day of telling me, Pastor, I want to do more for God. <laughs> I said, okay. That was it. That's, that's all it took. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that you want us to succeed. And your word says you pray above all things that we be profitable, that we be successful in life. Lord God, may we understand the things that make us profitable for you and therefore ourselves. Godliness, doing good works for you, embracing your word in our lives, Lord God, makes us profitable and gives us blessings, gives us your divine favor, Lord God. Lord God, may we stop pursuing the good and start pursuing the God. May we stop pursuing the good and start, start pursuing the great. 
Hallelujah. Lord God, your word said clearly, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That all these other things, Lord God, you said shall be provided unto us. So, Lord God, I thank you that you are still the provider, the blesser, the great profiter in our lives, Lord God. I thank you your promises are still yes and amen. Praise God. Lord God, may we just simply embrace your word by faith and do what it says to do, and you'll do the rest. Lord God, we thank you that we find our hope and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Abundant Life Podcast with Pastor Tom Bellinger. You can find more information about Abundant